Cleveland plays its first regular season series at Chase Field since 2017 this weekend against the Diamondbacks. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. And for the latest on the uh, 32 and uh, 36 Guardians, we're now joined the sports zone by Jeff Ellis of Locked On Guardians. And Jeff, good to have you. Let's start with last night, the uh, normally low-scoring uh, Cleveland uh, against the normally low-scoring San Diego. They played like a slow-pitch softball games last night. It was like 8-6 to six, uh, with the uh, Guardians winning the game. What, what happened last night with the offensive explosion in San Diego? I, I wish I had a like a on the, the you know, right on answer for this because then it would be nice to be able to replicate it. But uh, it just seemed to be for whatever reason that uh, Cleveland was able to finally their big problem this year is stringing together hits. They'll get a lot of hits in a game. Uh, this was the game we saw them actually put some things together. Uh, three run home run doesn't hurt, of course. Uh, yeah. The they didn't have it. They only had one walk. Uh, San Diego actually had more base runners in that game, and uh, Cleveland just was able to finally. Be a game in the series where they could put two or three hits in an inning and do some damage. Well, let's get in that offense a little more. Uh, you know, the Cleveland offense for really the second consecutive season has struggled. Twenty uh, seventh in runs scored, thirtieth dead last in homers, twenty eighth in OPS. Is there some hope for the offense to go from at least bad to decent? Well, they, you know, the the hope is kind of they were thirty second uh, up until about two three weeks ago. So we are seeing some some improvement. I know other teams are also uh, playing even worse, which has helped. But uh, Josh Naylor is, I think, on a fifteen game hit streak. Maybe it's fourteen. It's fourteen or fifteen, and he yeah. has led baseball in batting average during that time. He's hitting four hundred. Uh, before that stretch, he had been really struggling to, in terms of results. The batted ball data was good but his overall performance hadn't matched up. They've had Will Brennan has, has caught fire for them recently of late and played very well. But some players are starting to put it together. You know, catcher is, is a black hole in Cleveland right now, and it has been for the past few years. Uh, they're hoping that Josh's uh, younger brother, Bo, can come up soon and, and help there. Uh, but they, right now this team is going to go based on Naylor and Jose Ramirez as a drivers and there's just a lot of question marks unfortunately outside of those two okay let's get into those two guys let's start with jose ramirez one of baseball's best players he's hitting 289 uh which from afar seems to be i'm a little surprising uh it, actually he's got that many pitches to hit why, why did teams even bother to pitch to him at this point that is a very good question. Uh, there was one game in against St. Louis that uh, they decided to pitch to him, and he essentially won the game in the ninth when there was the first base open. Uh, of late, you know, with Josh Naylor hitting behind him, it's giving him some protection in the lineup. Uh, Jose has also had some ups and downs. He had the thumb injury a year ago, which required off-season surgery. He played the whole year with an injured thumb. And we're seeing some of the tendencies from that time where he was chasing a little bit more and a little less patient, so some of that has carried over. He hasn't quite been the MVP caliber Jose, who had top five finishes in four three out of four years. But he's still their best player. He's still been well above league average as a hitter. Uh, just not quite the peak of what we saw uh, previously to this. Jeff Ellis of Lockdown Guardians, currently in the sports zone. You mentioned Naylor. He's on the 14-game hitting streak. He has 50 runs batted in. Uh, those, it's a pretty high number considering it's not like they've scored a ton of runs, uh, and he's on a you know the streak. Why is he so hot right now, and how's he 
uh, kind of, quote, turn things around, I guess. But the interesting thing with him was, like, all the advance because of the baseball savant page, all the data there was about the same as a year ago. He seemed to be one of those guys who was just unlucky. There are those players who seem to have those stretches where nothing falls right or everything's hit right at someone. He's been hitting the ball hard all year. Now he's just hitting the ball where, where they aren't, uh, is the old expression there. But that he's been putting good at bats, good swings. Uh, now he's, he's getting the results from it. Uh, yesterday's game was a perfect example. In that first, they got the bases loaded. Josh Bell comes up and strikes out, and Naylor comes up and, and bases a single that gets the first two runs across before David Fry hits a, a three-run homer. But he just always seems right now, especially with the timely hitting, is a big reason for the, the RBIs there. I've talked about this team struggled with that timely hitting, but he is a guy who's excelling in those spots. You mentioned Josh Bell. Uh, when he uh, ended up in Cleveland, I thought especially – uh, hitting left-handed in Cleveland, he would be fine. Uh, he's not been fine. He's been better lately, but he's still hitting just 237. Why has he struggled so much the first two-plus months of the season? One of the things I've talked about on the podcast with him is we're seeing a lot of bad launch angle. Uh, I know not everyone knows launch angle, so it's basically the idea that if you swing a bat at certain angles, you're going to get better outcomes and you want more of a loft. Especially if you're a power hitter, you want more, you know, a higher angle of loss. Uh, like I think most home runs are somewhere between 15 to 35, and he was averaging 4.5, which was I think worse than the league for the first month and a half. So his swing's been kind of a mess. And I know he's a tinkerer. They talked about that in the local media, and that sometimes he like tries to fix the swing on his own and isn't necessarily sticking to the plan. It sounds like. But there, there's some work to do uh, just in terms of his overall swing path and what he's doing. Uh, he's walking a ton. That's, that's his one benefit right now. And he has these stretches where you think he's coming out of it. Uh, he had two great games in San Diego, and then yesterday was 0 for 4 with 3Ks. And every time he came up, there was a runner on. And it was you know, what we've been seeing for him throughout most of the year, unfortunately. The uh, Guardians pitching, not quite as good as it was last year. Uh, in 2023, they have allowed the seven fewest runs, but they're 28th in strikeouts as a staff. And basically, they're in the middle of the pack and say whip and opponent's batting average. How would you describe the pitching staff to date? Uh, in transition. It, it's a group where Kristen McKenzie, uh, this will be, I think on Friday, it's going to be his third start of the year. Due to yeah. some health issues, Aaron Savale misses time every year. Uh, he just had about a month and a half he missed. Zach Plesac was just put through waivers, and no one claimed him. No one wanted to pick up the two million left on his contract. Cal Quantrill is currently on the 15-day disabled list. Uh, if you're not paying close attention to the the Guardians, it might be interesting for people to know. It's like Shane Bieber has turned into a guy who can't yeah. miss bats anymore. His strikeout rate was one of the ten worst in baseball. His last start was was vintage Bieber, but He's only struck out seven or more three times this year. So that's part of that lower K rate. The two rookies, uh, Logan Allen and Tanner Bybee, have, have been pretty solid. Uh, they've definitely had some rookie lumps uh, coming up and playing, but they've had the best strikeout rates amongst those pitchers. And uh, we're just kind of waiting to see who's going to stick around when Quantrell comes back, if they just decide to trade Bieber since he's only got a year and a half left and this team you know, isn't going to extend him. So, it's very much a transition phase. We're seeing some young kids. We're also seeing some people uh, who, you know, could be on the move. 
We're talking uh, with Jeff El- Jeff Ellis of Locked On Guardians. Of course, the Guardians in town for the uh, first or three game series, which starts tonight against the Diamondbacks. You mentioned Bieber. I was going to get to the strikeouts next. In fact, they're way down this season. What what's up with the decrease in the swinging strikes and the strikeouts? We I, I've been trying to go very deep on this, like really get into the numbers, and it seems to be his curveball was a pitch that he used a lot more in the past and a lot of it's conjecture there's a lot of talk about the year uh, in 2021 where he missed about three months with injury uh, that he's never quite come back the same his velocity is lower since then it seems like he can't quite get the grip on that curveball i don't know if it's you know causing discomfort or you know it's it, like it's all conjecture to figure out why a pitch that was his best one is one he's kind of not using anymore uh, we're seeing a lot of cutter slider and the fastball. Uh, overall, he's a not. He just looks like a different pitcher than he was uh, during his Cy Young year or even like 2021 uh, pre-injury. Uh, so the guy who at one point in time tied Randy Johnson for the most uh, eight strikeout games in a row, and now he's only struck out eight or more twice this season. So he's. He's just a, a different pitcher in a lot of uh, respects since that injury. He seems to be avoiding, like I said, that curveball and then pitching a lot more to contact. And he's always been a bit home run prone, so there's always danger in that to begin with. But his game was always kind of getting people to swing at the at those pitches going away. And without that strong biting curveball, he just seems to not be missing the bats he used to. There have been Beaver trade rumors for roughly like a year. Uh, his contract's up after next season, so is this the right time to deal him? It just comes down to return. Uh, I Part of me wonders with his problems missing bats. Uh, he's still been relatively effective with that. Again, fairness to Shane Bieber, he is still, you know, more often than not, he's going deep into games. He is you know, giving up three or less runs. Uh, he's just not the top 10 pitcher that I think a lot of people maybe still think of him as. Uh, if you can get a, a good return, it, it certainly makes sense, especially if you can get some hitting help. As we discussed, that has been an issue for Cleveland. Uh, there is a world, I think, where they play it out with him if they can't get a good enough return and then give him the qualifying offer with the knowledge he won't accept it um, in a few years. Uh, it's just making sure that whatever you get is better than valuation on the, that plus another year of production. I, I'm curious to see if he does get traded. I think a lot of Cleveland fans are going to be kind of surprised at what the return is going to be. The Guardians pitching development is something I've been fascinated about for years. They've been really good at it. Why have they been so good at developing pitchers? I think the most important thing is they know what they do well. Uh, if you look a few years ago, uh, people would ask me, who are they going to draft? And I would just jokingly say, like, look for a college pitcher with a walk rate under four and a strikeout rate over 11. doesn't matter what they throw. Like, that's, you know, it's, that's Gavin Williams. That's Logan Island. That's uh, may not have been Tanner Bybee at the time. But they, they're not as strong about the command control aspects. They target the guys who already have that. But they're very good at the biomechanics and finding extra miles per hour. Uh, we had Tanner Bybee on our show, and he was a guy who he thought the Cubs were going to take him in back-to-back years, and both years they passed. He's already taken him. He was like 90, 91 in college. He's in 98, 99 right now, uh, two years after being drafted. They're 
I remember talking with uh, another pitcher, Kyle Dowdy, who within three months of leaving the Tigers to come to Cleveland, he had moved, gained like four miles an hour on his pitch. They just, they're very good about maximizing the mechanics, you know, ironing out flaws. You know, a few years ago, they took like four pitchers from Florida, and that was just a sign that they thought that there was something that they could do better than that program was doing in terms of development. Uh, they're very good about knowing, looking at things and knowing where to target, and they, they just will go after the same programs constantly in the draft. It's, it's interesting to see that because they know, oh, there's this thing that we can fix or work through. We think that maybe they're not as strong, and they're really good about that. They know how to find an extra gear with players. Gavin Williams, you mentioned, he's their current top pitching prospect at AAA Columbus. He has a 293 or run average, 61 strikeouts, and 47 innings. When might he be promoted and be pitching for the Guardians? It's a hard pass for him to get up this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he made it. I also wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't. A lot of it probably comes down to if they trade Bieber. Uh, or even more than Bieber, if they were to look to move a Wissaval or a Quantrell in addition, or if someone gets hurt. Uh, their 40-man situation is an absolute mess right now. They have so many players on it, uh, and they're going to have to add a few more this offseason. And they don't have to add him. With Allen and Bybee up, he might be the guy who kind of just waits for another year in AAA. Uh, Daniel Espino is hurt too many people going into the season thought could be their number one pitching prospect. They have to add him no matter what at the end of the year. So I wouldn't be surprised if just due to managing the arms they have, uh, young lefty Joey Cantillo in AAA, who's already on their 40, and Cody Morris, who they just activated, who's another uh, young pitcher who's been working out of the pen right now due to injuries, but they like to try as a starter. So Gavin Williams might be stuck down there for just one more season. Yeah, you know, defensive stats and rankings and ratings, I think, are difficult to judge. The Guardians seem to have some, you know, plus defenders at multiple positions, yet they don't really seem to rank all that highly in uh, most of the defensive stats. How would you describe the Guardians' defense this season? It's position by position. Like, Jose Ramirez is fantastic. Miles Straw is one of the best uh, defensive center fielders, right? Some of his data isn't as strong as it has been, but I think it's just lack of opportunities. Like as the year goes on, it'll get better. The outfield is very strong defensively. Uh, Andres Jimenez is a strong defender at second base. Uh, Natcher has been kind of a mess. They lead the league in pass balls and wild pitches. and it's Offensively and defensively, it's, I think they're pretty much the bottom in baseball. Rosario. Uh, is in a contract year, but by a lot of metrics, he's been the worst defensive shortstop in baseball the last two years. <laughs> Less than ideal. Uh, first base, Josh Naylor doesn't always rate well, but he passes the eye test. Uh, when you put Josh Bell out there, it's, it's an adventure uh, at best. It's, he is a DH all the way. So I think you know, you're, you're good on the outfield. There are some, some questions on the infield and then behind the, the plate. Okay, so the trade deadline and, the, quite frankly, the not-good AL Central, how does that all affect what the Guardians do between now and the trade deadline? I think there is a world where even if they're trying to get there, they consider moving someone like Bieber if it gets them the bat they need, if the young pitchers continue to pitch well and they feel like they can step up. Uh, I could see a world where they keep him and try to acquire another outfielder of some type. 
uh, to help them out or just another hitter in general. Because, you know, as you mentioned previously, their 40-man is is very full. Uh, they, last year at this time, were ranked as a top-five minor league system in spite of being you know, a, a contending team and the youngest team in baseball. So they have a lot of good depth. Uh, we've all been kind of waiting for a few years for them to, to use some of that depth to kind of improve the roster. We Many of us thought that might be a Sean Murphy trade. Unfortunately, for Cleveland, that did not come together. Uh, they're still kind of waiting. You know, they... If you believe the chatter that we heard was like that they were, you know, very close on Murphy and it fell apart. They were very close on Matt Olson and then Freddie Freeman signs and, and that fell apart. So they've they've tried, they just haven't been able to land anyone. If they can get a hitter who has multiple years of control, I would not be shocked. Even if you know under five hundred, but if they're still under three back, I wouldn't be surprised if you see them get a hitter with a thought that if that guy can help us for two or three years, that's the ideal as these young pitchers start to mature. Okay, this weekend uh, here against the Diamondbacks, uh, what are you looking for in the three-game series? I'm, I'm curious to see what Tristan McKenzie shows up. His first start was awesome. His second start was a struggle. Get, I believe we get Bybee on Sunday. He's had uh, two yeah. out of his three last starts have been not as strong. Seeing if he can kind of pick it up and, and continue to do well. And then I just want to see if Naylor hit streak going. Uh in what he is doing. I think he's been hitting like 400 since mid-May. So that's a a positive. Uh, But yeah, those are kind of my three big things. As I said on Lockdown Guardians last night, I I don't have a feeling about this series. It does not match up well for Cleveland um, with everything, the way Arizona is playing. And offensively, uh, you're light years ahead of where Cleveland can hope to be right now. Jeff, great stuff. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Jeff Ellis, Locked On Guardians. Check out all his work.